The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. Summer Sibley Brown filling in for Neville James as the host of Analyze This from WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. So I am so excited to be here. Today, we are going to have on a guest from the Virgin Islands Department of Education, the superintendent. We're going to talk about festival. We are going to talk about academic achievement. Tomorrow marks marks the first day of a new semester in the territory for public schools. And as our students return to the classroom, we really wanted to have an opportunity to ask, talk about what students experience this festival season and how that tied directly to academic achievement. We will also have on with us today Kemet Aman Lewis, who in his own right, um, hashtag Kemet Strong, is a Virgin Islander who has achieved a lot in the past two years um, as he has adapted to working with prosthetics, living in the States, been featured in several articles. So this morning, as I catch myself, if you're listening to me, you can hear I'm like a little bit winded. I actually did like a dash to get into the studio and I'm like, okay, the listeners are waiting. Neville isn't here. And so taking a deep breath with me this morning, audience, as you drive into work, for those of you who might be late, those of you might feeling the pressure of Monday morning after festival, Let's all take a breath and settle in together. Right? Um, how many of you out there is like, I get her. It's Monday morning, the weekend after festival. And my clock is still on festival clock. Because my clock is still on festival clock. And I was just like, oh, wait. <laughs> I got to catch myself. Get together. It's Monday. We have exciting things to do and talk about on WTJX FM this morning. So I want to greet you properly now. I want to have a swig of water and I want to say happy end of festival, happy entrance into Monday morning, back to work. And we have all the time we need to transition. I have time to transition here. You have time to transition in your real life. So as I was saying, I'm Summer Sibley Brown filling in for the Neville James as host of Analyze This, WTJXFM, 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. It is 2023, first Monday after festival. And what we will be talking about is some of the things we saw at festival, specifically the Children's Parade with Virgin Islands Department of Education Superintendent Erisilda Ziomara Atli Herman. Um, how are you all feeling this morning? What did you think of festival? I thought, you know, we talk about children's parade. We talk about the differences between adults parade. We talk about the attendance rate. And for me, this troupe was particularly interesting because of the messaging. The messaging around connecting our cultural education, 
our academic achievement and festival. I think the name of the troupe was The Science of Soka. And I really am absolutely interested in what motivated the department to represent um, Soka as a science um, and what this means for our students. And it was a, it was a small troop, but for me, the presence was mighty. But I also saw other other schools in the parade. I saw Queens. I saw so many different things. And I think that our Virgin Islands Department of Education having a presence in the parade and the schools having a chance to show creativity in this way is truly, truly meaningful. And sometimes as a audience, you know, like we look back and we see a finished product, but what is the intention, the thinking, the work that it took to get there what is what does this mean for the work if anything right is it tying to something specific and so these are the types of conversations hopefully we get to have this morning the superintendent like me is running a wee bit late but like i said it's the monday after festival nobody don't hold us <laughs> nobody don't hold us for it right don't hold us accountable to it it's the first monday after festival and so if you are in your office chair listening to us online or on your way in because you found yourself five minutes late. Give yourself a little grace. Hopefully your boss will too. And um, get to work safely. And hold on to a little bit of a festival joy um, we had from being together because it was the first time we were all outside in this way since the pandemic. So that is a significant milestone for us as a community. As we look at the trajectory of what history holds, this festival in particular, Festival 2022-2023, not only was it the 70th, but it holds meaning because this, this is St. Croix's first Crucian Christmas Festival after the pandemic. And so the question a lot of my old students were asking me, which is really ironic, they were saying, Miss Sibley, you inside or you outside? You inside or you outside? And I was really happy to say that I was outside. Um, I saw so many people, so many of my classmates came home. So it was not only a enjoyable and safe festival season, which we always have to give kudos for when we have very minimal incidences um, during mass outing, mass long periods of celebration, um, and well organized and well executed. But it was one where I had the opportunity to personally connect with a lot of people, um, past and present to achieve, um, my joy, right? Cause that's where I find my joy in connecting with people. And as we wait for the superintendent, I want to encourage you to reflect on your weekend, um, the climax of festival to ask yourself, what were the parts of this that brought you enjoyment? Um, whether it was the opportunity to stay home and not attend anything, but you just had days off. Um, was it parade? Was it juve? Um, was it the performances in the village? I specifically, now that I have a breath, want to shout out and say, um, Adamo, hats off to you and your team. 
when we see Virgin Islanders doing it big and doing it right, um, it's really nice for me to look at my feed and see the comments, right, of how we felt, um, how he was received, because it showed like VI pride, VI excellence to see, you know, to see, to see that captured. And, and we really, 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 really seemed to be overjoyed by just how well um, it was executed and how happy he was to be performing for us. So while I got my 15 minutes of fame, um, cause I'm on the mic today, I wanted to take time to shout out Adam O, um, and all the performers in the village, all the performers in the village, but specifically bringing that level back, um, here, it was just truly amazing. And now that I'm settled, um, you guys don't have to hear me breathing like Darth Vader in the mic anymore because I can breathe again. I'm so sorry. I didn't really mean to be late. Please forgive me. Hopefully Neville is like, what is she doing? Um, Neville, it's the Monday after festival. So I just kind of keeping the authenticity going, right? I'm on air, but I'm settled. So our listeners don't have to hear my Darth Vader breath anymore. And super, Superintendent Herman is in the house. Good, good morning. morning. Good morning. Good morning, VI. Good morning, everyone. How are you doing this morning? It's amazing. It's an amazing morning because, you know, like I said, Monday after festival and many of us are returning to work. People may be wondering, are teachers returning to work today? <laughs> um, I, I just saw um, a young lady walking. Um, it looked like her grandson in school clothes. And I'm sure she's wondering why. And oh no. So community, please, I'm gonna jump right in right here. Um, our school calendar goes out every year and at the end in December, uh, we submitted an early release schedule and at the end it says students return on Tuesday, January 10th. Today is a professional development day in the Virgin Islands. Um, not just on St. Croix, but on St. Thomas, St. John as well. So there's actually no school for students today. Students return to school at their normal hours tomorrow, Tuesday, January 10th. So, um, we did send out a reminder via public relations yesterday to all media sources. Um, we've been, you know, echoing repeatedly saying, January 10th, January 10th. So teachers are on site today. Um, they're at four sites in the Sinclair district taking part in professional learning. You know, it's very important for teachers to stay up on their craft, um, administrators, and even our monitors are, are receiving training today. Um, their training is, is in working with students who have special needs and disabilities. Um, and so it's very, very important that you know that today is not a day of school for students. It's a day of learning for the instructional staff and the school staff, but for students, they return tomorrow. Superintendent Herman, thank you so much for clarifying that for me, um, because I don't work in the school system, right? And I don't have any young ones, so I didn't receive the calendar. And so if you're listening out there and you didn't know, if you see someone or you hear something, just remind people that there is an early release schedule, right? There's there, early, was. There, there was. was. One, there was one that went out in December. But also um, there's there's just our calendar. V, and you go to VIDE.VI under calendars and there's 2022-2023. Um, and it has all of our dates listed. But today is a professional development day for teachers, um, instructional staff, administrators, everyone. And they 
will not be providing instruction. Okay, that that is amazing. So the reason, um, one, I'm so excited to have you is because, you know, as we wrap up festival, um, the St. Croix District, um, and I'm assuming the Division of Cultural Education, um, put together a troop, but you also had several representations in the parade, right? And so I was like, wouldn't it be great to talk to our community about what connections, um, the department feels um, is important for student participation in something like the children's parade? Um, what you saw and how you, and how do you see, um, the parade day pushing to get pushing forward students, right? Just like to just get under the hood, right? I like to I like to use that statement because I I truly believe that everything has intention in it. And sometimes <laughs> that intention isn't um made visible. So it's kind of a chance to make visible, first of all, happy end of festival season, Superintendent Herman. How are you? How was your season? The season was great. Um, you know, we we had the office of the incident superintendent. We work. So a lot of times individuals think that schools are closed and we're, and so we're closed, but no, we, we work throughout the season. Um, and we, and we took part in the festivities as well. Um, I would have to say that after two to three years, it has been great, um, to see our children, whether it was at the village, just enjoying the rides. Um, I can't get over the pop shots. I just can't. They just, it was just a bit much, but they enjoyed themselves. And, you know, the importance of having our children take part in the parade in, in festival is because that's a deep rooted part of our culture. Um, a lot of times we don't often hear how our children are educated by the community. Right. And, and we're trying to bring that back. We're opening up for community stakeholders and key stakeholders to come in and just support our children and, and educate and work with them. And so to have the schools, oh my gosh, the queens and the duchesses and the princesses, they were so beautiful and cute in their dresses and they were so happy to go down and do that wonderful wave, um, you know, going down the road in their, in whether they were the, the, in their tuxes and, you know, um, then there were children's troops that were like community-based troops. And a lot of times individuals don't realize that's our school children as well. So they had the opportunity to, um, I think the Council of the Arts, CMCA, they had a troop, um, Mr. Drummond, Jamal Drummond, he had a troop. And there was a lot of uh, children who take part in our public school as well as our private school system. So it's really great to get them back into the culture. And it, it, ties directly to our social emotional wellness initiative so two things you said first of all basically you said all the children in the parade belong to me yes. which, is, which, <laughs> which, which is true because if we are talking about k to 12 right pre-k to 12 pre, thank you for the correction That's if we're right. talking about pre-k to 12 who you know that means they're all school-aged children correct um, the other thing i would say is you just kind of highlighted for me the role that informal learning plays, right? You were like, this is an opportunity for the community to, con or, or after school or out of school learning. This is an opportunity for the community to participate in extended learning for our students, right? And when you said that, my eyes opened up, I was like, oh, right? There's something to that because I immediately started thinking about following instructions, poise, 
presence, even the wave, right? I'm telling you, um, eccentric Makajumbis at the St. Thomas came over and, and they were young students, school age children. So shout out to, to eccentric Makajumbis and of course, Dr. Jurgen, cause they represent your school system. And, and when we think about all of the great work, um, Pearl B. Larson pre-K, to eight school had a troop and it was beautiful the colors were wonderful and so again just taking part in festivals and you know it ties back to what we did um in collaboration with with device the division of cultural education and the offices of inter superintendent for the students who may not have wanted to take part um standing in a 10 sleepless nights that's they had students coming on dancing to quail bay and quadrille and it was really really beautiful in their madras and so we wanted to say okay so there's a group of children who may not have been able to take part in all of these other activities and so that's where we came up with reveling in the science of soca and um soca stands for school-based excellence opportunities for growth cultural awareness and career exploration as well as academic achievement and so we found a way to have our students take part. It was a free t-shirt troop. It was a t-shirt. We had a cute little glittery hats that didn't make it down the road. The, <laughs> the, wind, the wind was kind of high community. So the glittery hats to the people who signed at the start, they did. So when we come back, we're going to talk about reveling in the science of Soka. This is Analyze This 93.1. Banking for your business. At Bank of St. Croix, our mobile apps provide access to business accounts on the go. And our merchant card services accept credit and debit payments anywhere, anytime. Plus, the online banking platform means your bank is always open. Bank of St. Croix has two locations. One in Gallows Bay at 340-773-8500 and one in Peter's Rest at 340-713-8500. BankofStCroix.com Hi, I'm Peter Sangle. You spent the week listening to the news. Don't you think you deserve to show off what you've learned on Wait, Wait, We Give You a Chance to Impress Your Friends with Your Knowledge of International Incidents, Political Gaffes, and the Latest Advancement in German Nudists? You'll be the life of the party or the death. Either way, you'll make an impression and you can thank Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. If it's happening around the world... NPR's Frank Langfitt is in London covering this one. Hey, Frank. Good morning. Cuba is experiencing its biggest anti-government protests. If it's happening here at home... On a blistering hot day in Twin Falls, Idaho... On the northeast border of Mississippi, where the river nourishes rich and green... Morning Edition from NPR News will take you there, wherever the story is. Listen every weekday. From 6 to 8 a.m. here on WTJX FM 93.1. These days, people go to great lengths to shed the stress of daily life. There's acupuncture, deep tissue massage, meditation, yoga. At All Things Considered, we offer our own type of healing, invigorating news stories that span the rainbow of human experience. Nourish your mind and escape from the ordinary. Weekdays on All Things Considered from NPR News. From 5 to 8 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1.
Good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome back to Analyze This. I am Summer Sibley Brown, filling in for Neville James as the as your host today. And on in studio with us, we have Superintendent Atli Herman of the St. Croix District. She is on to kind of reflect with me on the festival season, hopefully a little reflection of last semester, the first semester of the year, and talk about and talk about moving forward in the future 2023 is here. And before the break, our question, we were we were in the conversation about the intentionality of people participating in the parade and um, our students, all of our district students, the K to 12ers, who are participating in some informal learning that adds poise, presence, grace, and these community experiences that extend their learning. And she mentioned the name of her troop. Let me see. Reveling in the Science of Soka. Um, let's see if I get it. School base. Excellent. Excellence. Opportunities for growth. Opportunities. Okay, now I'll let you have it because yes. I don't and, remember and the it. And C obviously. is actually squared. Okay, so it's um school based SOCA school based excellence opportunities for growth, cultural awareness and co- career exploration and academic achievement. Okay, school based excellence opportunities for growth, cultural awareness, career a- exploration, career exploration academic and academic. Ad- achievement academic achievement academic achievement is something i want to talk about today but let's talk about um so reveling in the science of soca you you know it was a t-shirt based troop it was free um and you had some pretty cool signs right correct um so what were on the signs and i want to take the signs one by one specifically because i saw a person on facebook ask a question Mm -hmm. and i wanted to be able to provide an answer for that question okay so hopefully they're listening so tell me what your sign said so we had reveling in reading future focus fetters and math is mass okay so let's take them one by one so reveling in the science ahsoka reveling in reading what does that mean for for you at a district level what did you hope your students and the participants took home from that sign so one of the key things that um we, we know is that a child's comprehension level is truly important for them in terms of, of lifelong. Like reading comprehension is key. And what we're trying to bring back is the love of reading, the opportunity to pick up a book and enjoy it. Um, and we know in this digital era, reading ain't the same, right? So it, it may not be a book. You may have a Kindle or your phone or something, but just rekindling that joy of reading, building that reading fluency, that stamina. Um, we, we don't see children with newspapers like they used to. So a lot of times in our classrooms, our teachers are trying to get them into the story and, you know, becoming a part of the characters, seeing what the characters' lives are like. And so when we talk about reveling in reading is the love of reading, becoming a part of a story, rebuilding that imagination and just finding the opportunity for children to find themselves in a world of literature, including writing. So it's interesting that you say rebuilding that imagination because one of the things for me as an adult, I, I, I'm an only child, so I had a huge imagination. Um I don't know if they go together, but they, they, they both are true for me. I still have a huge imagination. And actually, imagination for me is a problem-solving skill. Yes. Right? Because because I can imagine alternate futures to something, it gives me a space to design 
something right um which is a lot about what carnival is as you see the costumes right. coming down and the, the geometry and the shapes there. and and the art so again it's all about taking what what you have right and so we we've been in a, a campaign as vite talking about our scores and one of the things that um i've been saying is the application of learning and even what the students read so having your child read a technical manual to you while you put something together like e or even having them write out what what you're doing so that you can read it and make sure they can understand it that is what we're talking about when we say revel in reading like let's revel in what english language arts looks like but also what it can do for you right yeah and where it can go because um interest-based reading right mm-hmm. like if your children like to read their video game manuals before they play the game allow them to do so or to put their headsets ask together them to do so or ask them to sit, sit down like i it's the christmas season tree kings everybody get plenty gift plenty thing and you gotta put it together right so hand them the book and let them read step by step because that is what we're asking them to do that's that's a technical manual that's a technical book and so having them do that helps them to to read as well or you said something that, you know, you're triggering my brain because you're like, when you said writing instructions, writing your favorite recipes down. So if you cook something that your child absolutely loves this Christmas and they're like, mommy, this is my favorite or grandma, this is my favorite. Or I like when auntie to make this, this and this. They could actually write the recipe down, right? Because that is also them writing or technical they research. They can go and research different ways to make baked macaroni. What's Southern macaroni from our local macaron like what are the different ways to be make and read that and talk about it and so that's where reveling and reading came from well you what you take me into the next one because i hear you said math is math and then you talk math is math and i i love math so my my master's degree is in math and science so let's talk about it yeah but you then you said something that i didn't think about so i mean and that's what I love to do on this show, like make visible the things that I don't know. I don't know if it's helping the listening audience realize how much Summer doesn't know <laughs> or it's helping them learn something. Right. But you said those costumes are geometry. Yes. And when you said it, I saw it. Yes. Measurement, the data, geometry, it's all there. The shapes. Um, when when you have to, when individuals, costume makers, when they bend the wire, they have to know the angle. And so math is mass. That is like, pow, pow, pow. those are really my sound effects. Doo, 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 doo. No, but really, um, that's the diamonds on it, right? Yes. That's a geometric yes. figure. I'm thinking now there was this one costume that the the wings had an arc, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, those are also the miles that they walk. One child, um, when we got to the end of the route, the child looked at their smartwatch and was like, oh my God, I walked like three miles today. You know, I hit my steps today. And I was like, well, how many steps did you have to make? How much steps did you make on average? And so it became a whole conversation. And they were like, well, in a week, I have three. I, I usually do 1,000 steps, but today I do like 6,000, Miss Herman. And I was like, oh my gosh, so what's the difference? And they didn't even realize that they were engaging in a mathematical conversation where they were problem solving at the end of that route. And so what what we're looking at is our math scores are not where they want them to be. Everyone has somewhat of a fear. People that say they fear, I don't like math, I this math. But there's so much math in your life each and every day that you do. You have to estimate. Now, if you're somebody like me who likes to jump and go in a car, 
you see when you're gas, like you're looking at where your gas gauge is, you have to estimate how many more miles do I think I'm going to make it. And when you get to know your car, you know how many more miles you're going to make it. And so starting to engage your children in those conversations um, and teaching them this math. The reason why I love math is math is because it's to kind of curve and push away from that fear of mathematics. Math is actually fun. Oh, okay. So the underlying intention is also like finding the joy and the math yes. and the playing math because math, again, right after I've been reading and I've developed my in my imagination, right? In design, there are mathematical components, even when you're building a budget for a program or if you're building a building mm-hmm. or if, or if our um, costumers are making a costume, there's math in, in, math involved for precision you said something else though that i wanted to highlight you said getting in steps so hidden in this whole process was physical health the whole child development and that is one of the key things that that vide is talking about we're talking about social emotional wellness academic achievement and it all tends lends itself to the whole child right and so we're not just talking about the academics we're talking about the physical wellness of our children um our health and physical education education coordinator has a, a BMI project, um, body mass index, where students in different grade levels, and I think we started with like third or fourth grade, are actually calculating what their BMI is to look. Which at, is math. Which is math, and and talking about the health, and you know our our society has a lot of individuals with diabetes, and so we just took part in a diabetes march with um, Dr. Mayers, and so we're looking at all of the aspects of being a human being and and giving that knowledge to our children. But how we're giving it to them is not just in books because you don't just learn sitting in a classroom. You can learn walking down the street too. So the question that I actually saw on Facebook, which was I was really excited to be able to have this conversation was, I know the last sign because it, it, the person asked, what is a future focus fetter? Ha! Okay, so, um, and I hope this person is listening. Do we have a podcast? So if anybody else had that question, please send them to listen to analyze this <laughs> later this evening. When we talk about our children and we talk about what they 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 do, um, we look, there's a terminology that's now being used in terms of future focused. And when we talk about future focused, we're, t- we're looking at educating children now based on where we want them to be. We're pushing them to look at their their greater selves in the future. And so we're not just and that's why career exploration is very important, Um, because when we think about career exploration, we're thinking about who do you want to be when you grow up? And if I decide, hey, I want to be an entrepreneur. Now we have you we see what your future is going to be. Now we have to build in the steps in between to get you there. So you may need to take a couple more business classes. You may need to take an accounting class. So you can learn about taxes as an entrepreneur. You may need to t- take some business law because you're going to be doing a lot on your own as a person building your own business. So when we talk about future focus fetters, we're talking about individuals or children who have already determined that we're pushing them 
towards a future that they want to be in. You can see it. Focus. Remember, you, you look and you focus on something. It's a target. And so I am focused on the future that I have in front of me, that I want to be the career that I want to walk towards. And I am going to fit my way there. I'm going to get there. And so we are going to help build those pathways. And every child, it's, it, and that really talks about our pathways, our career pathways in education that we are that we have developed, as well as we are going to fine, fine tune. So every child is not going to go to college let's just be frank some are going to go to the military i have a nephew who's very interested in the military um not because he doesn't want to go to college but because he he he's just he he loves rotc he started out in junior firefighters and he can see himself in service right and so what is his path through education where are we going to guide him to be geared towards his future so future focus fetters again um, our children are joyful. We want them to, to, to take pride and joy as they move through their educational career, but stay focused on what it is that they really want to do. So while you were talking again, my brain is synapsing, right? I feel like I heard you say that I'm moving away from the student, right? You were talking about the individual student and what their future trajectory is mm-hmm. and helping them hone in on that. I was thinking as soon as you said it, I thought about Vision 2040, right? Yes. Because what is the future of opportunities and jobs that are available in the Virgin Islands mm-hmm. um, for students to fill that, in my head, the Department of Education and the Department of Labor and this whole community plays a role in making sure that there's communication between us so we know what skills are actually necessary to fill the jobs of the future that we have. And so when you said that, I was like, oh, right, there's another layer to this that interlocks with like a larger system because our youth will plug in to be the adults when Vision 2040 is over and hopefully they will be filling jobs. So it will have another iteration. think when vision 2040 comes to full fruition um and and it and it's it, it just and then the new iteration takes place over was a bad word <laughs> but i mean i know what you meant and and we're we're projecting forward right and so when you look at all of all of the agencies and and the main pillars within the the vision we're getting there um we have schools that are green school year schools that are tied to agriculture and there's a lot of things that we really are looking towards in VID, especially in the St. Croix District, looking at students and interest-based learning, creating opportunities for nonprofits to come in and provide programming um, for our children. And and because our children are so vast um, in terms of their interests and what they want to do, but yet they're still tied to bringing them back home to what we see them doing in the future. Like what's going to affect us here in the Virgin Islands and keeping our, keeping our greatest assets here, our children, who are going to be the leaders, who are who, who are going to shift and change um, everything that happens. There's a next superintendent somewhere sitting, maybe many superintendents, right, and governors and commissioners and senators and radio show hosts and um, sound engineers um, and truck drivers and yep. military servants and um Airline pilots, Farmers, pilots, all sitting mm-hmm. in our classrooms um, in in K to twelve, um, getting educated right now, right, and that is absolutely beautiful to be future focused and help them have um, 
a little bit of agency yes. and autonomy in the exploration of that. And, and the, you know, education, we have a term for everything. So it's called co-authoring your journey. Mm-hmm. Um, having the children, you know, when we write a book, I'm, a, I'm the main author, but there's often co-authors. So we're trying to make sure that everyone understands that teachers play a role. But they can't, they can't drag everybody along. You know, they, they could pull you, they could instruct you and show you, but you have to co-author your journey. And so it's, and the co-authors are the teachers or the school, the parents and the students. They're each writing their child's journey. They're each writing that novel that's going to be what is, well, who am I? And so they're all co-authoring, but the main author has to be that child, has to be that student. And we are just there to facilitate. Well, when you said that, I thought about like the intro writers and the prelude writers, right? Mm-hmm. So I, so when you say, I was like, oh, well, maybe, you know, auntie, godmother, you know, people who are investing in, in that pre-K to whatever age until that child has a little bit more agency. Like they're all the prelude chapters, right? Of building. And then there's a part where there's like co-authoring and then eventually there's, you know, it's the author. A, there's the, you're, author. You're the author. And, and so right now, you know, um, you, you become the author of your own journey as you become an adult and you start to, to use everything that everyone has taught you along the way. And you start to engage with others and the knowledge that you can have from engaging with them, you use as well. And so we, this, that, that is again, future focus fetters, right? And so you, you have the opportunity to build the life that you want. And that's what we want children to understand. You become, you, you co-author now because you're young but you are, we are building you or giving you the skills to author your own journey in the future. So one of the things that I want to um, ask you when we come back, because we're so eloquently right on time for the break, is I want to talk about how this ties to overall academic achievement and what are some of the things you are looking forward to in 2023. If you're joining us, this is 93.1. Analyze This. We'll be back after the break. graduated from high school in the U.S. Virgin Islands, don't be stuck with college debt. Create your future for free with Free Tuition Plus at UVI. With Free Tuition Plus, your tuition is covered. Plus, you can use additional financial aid to pay for room and board and other expenses. At the University of the Virgin Islands, you'll receive a world-class education with opportunities to study abroad and gain hands-on experience. Choose from 99 majors, minors, and certificates on campus and online. Visit www.uvi.edu and apply today. The news nowadays is a bit like our weather, much more extreme. The headlines that grab the most attention generate a lot of heat and not much light. On 1A, we rely on your questions and stories to help us better understand the issues that demand more than a few tweets. With your help, we'll get to the heart of the story together. Catch 1A at its new time, weekdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. 
During a busy day, it can be hard to make room for even one more thing. So it's a real plus that All Things Considered from NPR News is great for multitaskers. You can confidently add being well-informed to your to-do list and know that you will get it done. Whether you're cleaning out your junk drawer on a quick drive or something else, listen to All Things Considered every weekday afternoon. From 5 to 8 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1. Tune in to Conversations with AARP Virgin Islands. Listen and watch to get news and information on upcoming events as well as informed conversations with agencies and community organizations. On WTJX-TV Channel 12, Fridays at 8.30 p.m., Sundays at 2 p.m., Saturdays streaming live on AARP Virgin Islands and WTJX's Facebook page Tuesdays at 11 and live 11 a.m. at 93.1 WTJX-FM, Conversations with AARP Virgin Islands. are just tuning in good morning good morning good morning as we are rounding out our first hour i am summer sibley brown filling in for the neville james and um i am on with superintendent otley herman um before i go back into the conversation though one of the things that amazes me about neville's network right is when i'm sitting in studio with him he gets these amazing texts from like listeners and his crew right like the people who just he knows is listening and they'll send shout outs so if you're just tuning in this morning i came in post haste like oh my god out of (laughs) breath i can't do this and shout out to one of hopefully Neville's and now my listeners too to tell me, listen, there's an acupuncture point on your wrist on the right side. They sent a picture. They said, press it. It's going to help your breathing get back into rhythm. And then another person texts, we hear slow down, slow down. (laughs) And so I, I, I mean... I feel honored. I want to shout out and say much love. And it always makes me feel like, haha, Neville, I get texts too. You know, like that, the, the child in me is just like, yay, I got three texts this morning. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I am in a much better way after having such a wonderful conversation with you, Superintendent Herman. And I kind of wanted to round out the conversation. So we talked about school-based Excellent. School-based excellent opportunities for, for growth. Opportunities for growth. There's two C's. Cultural awareness. awareness career exploration. Career exploration. And the last one was academic mm-hmm. achievement. Yes, ma'am. The so, most important A at ML. Well, if your name and with a no, right? No, <laughs> we ain't bending over. <laughs> I just saying though. So but if if academic achievement starts with an A, mm-hmm. right? And I kinda want to really encourage our students to be on the A list this year, the one with the academic achievement. Talk to me about how that messaging ties to academic achievement for you. Tell me what academic achievement looks like for you in 2023. What what are some of the priorities or the hopes that the St. Croix District has for moving academic achievement forward? So, I mean, our focus is to accelerate learning, um, to accelerate academics and accelerate achievement. It's all about A's, you're right. But um, one of the key things that we're doing is we're recognizing the achievement of the students. So, Um, one of the traditions that we brought back at the start of this year was the, um, 
Shining Stars, where we recognized students, and it was about 198 students who either scored level four, which is the, the highest level, um, or level three, proficient or or advanced on our Smarter Balance exam. But we also recognized students who grew, who showed academic growth in terms of their Smarter Balance, because it's not all about proficiency. Um, it's not all about, yay, I've met the mark. It's also about the child who pushed themselves and they showed a level of, of, of growth. And so when we talk about academic achievement and the key things um, as the as the instructional leader of this district, that's that's the key role the superintendent plays. Um, there's a lot of other operational things that happens, but really the key role is to be the instructional leader of the district to look at the curriculum, to look at the data, and and make the decisions and support the schools. And what where um, the commissioner, Dr. Wells Hendrington has spoken about a school-based management and ensuring that the, the superintendents are able to serve that role as an instructional leader. And so. We started off with some data chats. We're going to continue with data chats and data conversations with our schools, talking about with them around what are you seeing and what are some things that we need to implement. And we, at the district level, the directors, coordinators need to support you in, in terms of moving your school forward. Um, my expectation is to see a, a level of of severe growth in this year because just just by bringing our children back into the school buildings we're putting them at a different level um, because now the interventions and not interventions but the acceleration techniques that teachers would and i i don't want to put intervention anymore we ain't intervening. We're accelerating now, moving forward. And so the acceleration techniques of differentiating of one-on-one, of small group, the, the teachers are able to do now in person and actually hone in and, and, and shift students around. Well, whereas they were trying to do it virtually, but it wasn't as easy. I'm not going to say easy. Um, for them, because they were trained for in-person learning. Um, although they did very well with virtual. Um, so those are some key things. Academic achievement is key. Like that's my laser focus. Um, so if you're talking to me about anything, start with academics first and then I'll hear everything else after. Um, we're looking at real strategies around what are our students' interests and how do we shift learning for them. I've been using an example around application of learning, right? And when we look at our, our math scores or our reading scores and we look at what our children are struggling in, it's not the base. Like they could stand on a foundation any day. They could solve a problem. They could read a story. When they have to take that step up now to apply that learning, that is where we're seeing them fall, like fall short. They're not, not hitting the mark. So if you're asking a child to solve a problem and you give them two plus two, they're going to tell you four. But if you tell a child, um, whether it's in the form of a word problem or even, you know, something that's multi-steps, that's where they fall short. And and so I'm seeing things where you might tell a child, what's 20% of 100? And they can solve that any day. But then you tell them, okay, so you're going into a store, you have a hundred dollars in your pocket. And that's that, you know, you know, word problems have all kind of theories in them. And you're going into a store, you have a hundred dollars in your pocket. However, when you go in, you pick up the shoe. The shoe is $35 as a sale price, but the original price was $79. What is the percentage off? <laughs> so that's the first step. And then, so after you solve the percentage off, then the second step is probably now um, the, the shoe was damaged, you're returning it, but they're saying that because it was a sales price, they're only giving you 15% of your original back. So, you know, 
there, there's so much where more think critical thinking and deeper application that that's what we want to see. So as a district, um, myself, the coordinators, the directors, the deputy superintendents, we're going to be going into classrooms. We're going to be meeting with our principals. We're going to be hosting data chats. We're going to be, if we have to sit through instructional planning periods, we will. All of us starting out as teachers. I still full heartedly believe that I am a teacher because that is what every educator is. And the belief is that from the custodian to our cafeteria, food service workers, to our monitors, we are all educators. And as we we take a different role in our whole child development, because when you walk into the school campus, the person who's making sure or spot checking to see if a child is having a bad day is our school monitor. And that's why I call them an educator. We all call them an educator because they take that child and they shift their emotional you know, being for that day, just through a conversation. Hey, you look a little after they were going on, you know, let's, let's have a conversation. Um, so the learning again is not just in the classroom, but outside of the classroom. So I think there's a lot to be said about the whole education process. Um, I, what you highlighted for me today is that informal learning or in, or community is community community-based, and I'm talking now about the school-based community, the other roles in the school community that support students achieving social-emotional wellness, that support students feeling seen, valued, heard, Mm -hmm. also contributes to the experience that our students have when they walk into that school building. And that's what school-based excellence means to me. I mean, school-based excellence means things to everyone else, but when you talk about school-based... You're talking about everyone, the secretary, you know, just some, the say a lot of children, they say this, um, the safest place that they often feel is for them is school. And so school-based excellence is when everyone in that community makes sure that that child feels welcome. Just, just let them feel welcome. So I don't know, if, I wouldn't say this as a little known fact, but, um, it is a fact that I worked at a school here in, well, in Florida and here in the in the Virgin Islands, right? I started out in an elementary school um, when I came back home and it truly is its own ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And I understand um, not just your teacher impacts you, all the teachers impact you, not just your student impacts Para you. Para educators, um, And there's so much to learn in the cafeteria as you watch children interact. There's so much to learn outside as you watch them play. There's so much to to offer them in the hallway um, in positive reinforcement, um, being seen, being heard, being remembered. Those things are important. There's so much to offer. I saw so many students who are now adults that I engaged with over the Christmas and I was so happy oh my god to see to see these young adults living their best life right (laughs) and and in this community not just in the school we have a responsibility as the adults to hold to hold these half-baked cookies it's very important that you said that because one of the things that um, one of the initiatives is opening up to the communities, not just the parents. Um, a lot of times, and, and creating opportunity, what is a forum, a town hall, uh, a workshop session on a weekend, look out through our public relations because we'll be sending things out to engage community stakeholders and parents as well because I, I get a lot of complaints. You know, there's, <laughs> you, you get a lot of complaints about things that aren't going well, but I, we also want to hear what's going very well because... There are pockets of excellence throughout 
our district. And what's happening in the West End doesn't always get shared with the East End. And so it's creating an opportunity for the community to come in, for our business owners and key stakeholders to come in and just engage with our ch children. Um, the doors are open and uh, we're rebuilding. Our, our commissioner talks about rebuilding trust because there, there's a lot of lost trust in terms of public education, but we could rebuild it. Every bridge can be rebuilt and it could come back stronger. And once we do that and it's rooted in just transparency and honesty and, and clarity, and you see the data and the data is what it is, but it's going to grow. And so we need to make sure that the community knows that we're open. So come on out. Let us know how you want to support. Um, call the superintendent's office if, if you just want to read to a school. And we're often looking um, in the first semester we had Latin men read. We're about to have our we're going to do something big for Smarter Balanced. Kind, kind of get our children excited and our community. We, we want you to come out and support. If you just want to read a book to our preschoolers, come on out because what they need to see is again talking about future focused right and so they need to see that individuals in positions that they want to be in police officers firemen you read you do math um you write and so that's what we're looking at i um i have a question because you and hopefully it's not a trick question but like why is because i know there's some people's like testing 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 why is testing important so i'm gonna say two things there's different types of testing, right? Um, and I, I'm not going to use the word testing. It's assessment. Assessment. Thank you. Um, when we assess where we are, we know where we are. We know what we're working with. Um, we know where we need to be. And so everything is a mark. It may not be called an assessment. But even when you work in um, the bank or you work in business, right, you have a mark. You're like, okay, I'm going to sell this much product. And when you hit that product, you might hit, you might be like 40% below the mark. So you didn't hit the mark. So then you start to say, well, did I grow? Did I, did, did I move? You know, what were the gaps in what was, what I was doing? And so the purpose of assessing our students is one to see when we do our diagnostic, our eye ready, we see where they're at. We see the beginning level of, of where they're at. And it tells us what they can do versus what they're supposed to be able to do. So it tells us um, this child is struggling in 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 algebra. They can't, you know, they don't, they're not going to be able to 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 multiply and, and these things. And so now as a teacher, you're building on that skill. You're you you know you you can target the skill that they need to. And then you have the summative assessment at the end of the year, which is our smarter balance assessment, which then gauges uh, where are you in comparison to everyone on your grade level have you met your grade level mark and so every every agency department business everybody has an assessment they may not call it an assessment but you have a mark that you have to meet and so what we do in education is our summative determines how what it, it labels that mark and it shows us have the children met the mark are they proficient are we are we now producing fourth graders that are on level and then the diagnostic at the beginning or the midpoint of the year says hey this is what I can do this is what I'm able to do and it gives the teachers what I'm going to say a prescription or a roadmap to draw out how to move them forward so for you know so diagnostic summative the superintendent just used you know more teacher jargon more education jargon but it's really one of them is assessment 
to set a baseline of where we are, right? Yes. Like this is where you are. This and is this what is, I can do. And this is how I can build your year's prescription, right? It's a yes. diagnosis of learning. Yes. Right. Then during the school year, teachers might give pretest of assessment for learning, right? Where do I need to, you're going to hear them use the word remediate and differentiate parents, right? So where do I need to go back and teach your kids something that they need, a mm-hmm. skill, fill a gap so they can be on where they belong or where do I need to change up my instruction to yes, make sure yep. they're getting the skill is differentiation. And then when we talk about at the end of all of that, right, kind of like a math problem, when we add all of this up, what is the sum Right. Right. Of what we did for the year. What what does my whole year of learning look like? Did I did I capture enough of it to say I am a good enough for? Yeah, I I got a lot of my fourth grade, like fourth grade standards. I did what I needed to do. And cumulatively, the district needs that so you can make decisions. You and the commissioner of state office make decisions on what learning looks like moving forward based on this collective data and not just individual students gaps, but whole district, whole territory gaps and determine what it is. And so it's always great. To just yeah, I mean, we're out just getting into it, and it's over. Thank you so much, Superintendent Herman. You're welcome. You're welcome, and community. As I said, we're here to serve seven seven three one zero nine five, and um, have a great and blessed day. Students return tomorrow, first thing in the morning. And if we, this is WTJX ninety three point one. We will be back for the second hour after the break. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. He said that black smoke was constantly coming out of the burn pits 24-7. And my reaction to it was like, wow, that doesn't sound very safe. Wonder what that's about. And in my mind, I couldn't imagine at the time that type of system operating could potentially harm our service members. Journalism that seeks and reveals. That's on point with me, Magna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. 1A is your place for daily conversation with thoughtful guests and listeners from around the country. Fridays are home to our news roundups, where we answer your questions about the biggest stories of the week. I'm Jen White. This year, we continue to celebrate your freedom to listen, weigh in, and share what you're curious about. And with your help, we'll get to the heart of the story together. Weekdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1.